0: Welcome to episode number 134 of Data Protection Gumbo. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and today I speak with Federico Razzoli, founder of Vetabase. And Federico is an expert database consultant who specializes in the MariaDB and MySQL ecosystems. Vetabase provides expert consulting on your database infrastructure, They can maximize your database's performance and reliability, and they also build automation to reduce your maintenance cost. And in this episode, we discuss some of the differences between different open source databases, a brief history around why databases morph from traditional to NoSQL, and his opinions on MariaDB, Cassandra, MySQL, and Postgres databases. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Federico. How are you today?
1: Hi, Dimitrios. I'm very well, and uh, thank you a lot for this invitation.
0: You are welcome, and it's definitely a pleasure to, to hear from someone who knows databases much better than myself, and today i i'm, I'm going to um, maybe pull out of you you know what the current state of databases are since you are the founder of a company called vetabase right is that correct
1: yeah it's correct it's uh,
0: and why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about vetabase and the idea around the name and founding the company and what Database is all about?
1: Sure. database is still a small company, sp- small but global. We do the, uh, database consulting, but we don't do only database. We help with the automation of the whole database infrastructure, which includes, of course, um, Ansible automation or Terraform automation um, and components like monitoring, backups, uh, high availability and so on.
0: Okay, awesome. You, you mentioned Ansible and, and automation. And one, one thing that I'm curious about is how much automation plays a role in, in what you do right now. Is it, has it escalated? Is there a lot of automation requirements now or has that decreased or increased? What, what does that look like now? And what do you think is driving the automation portion portion of um, databases?
1: Uh, it's a very good question, because uh, people tend to think that automation is only useful when you have a lot of servers. For example, if you have at least 10 database servers, people will think that they will need automation to save time, but saving time is, only one of the benefits of automation. Another very important benefit is avoiding uh, human mistakes. Because if I automate a task, like taking backups or restoring backups or setting up a new replica, well, then I will have some sort of script or Ansible playbook um, or, some other form of automation that will do it for me. And I will save not just time, I will save the hassle of making mistakes, troubleshooting, find out what I did wrong, repeating the task. And especially I will save the company some incidents, especially in production.
0: Okay, great. And also since since you you run a startup company and you know, what do you think are some of the difficulties that startups have, especially when when they're trying to scale their databases?
1: Oh, well, thanks for this question, because it's another very important topic for me. Well, scaling databases, of course, has um, intrinsic difficulties. Okay, for example, um, when you want to scale writes. It is particularly difficult because you can write changes to the same data to different servers. And then there, there could be conflicts between what you've written on one server and on another server. And um, handling these kind of conflicts has a cost. Uh, it is something that the technology usually does for us, but sometimes it's not completely automatic. But These are just generic problems with scaling. Startups in particular have another problem because in their early days, they need to develop a product as fast as they can because of course they need to increase their user base and show the investors that their product is good. And they don't necessarily have the competencies to build a scalable product from the very beginning. So when the first investment starts to to come, um, the product grows, the business grows. This means that the user base grows and what the users do with the product also grows. If the underlying technology is not scalable enough, uh, it will collapse, right? Uh, Queries start to be slow, the whole application start to be slow, servers will crash. So when startups start to grow over a certain limit, um, it's the time when they start to uh, have this need of um, reviewing some past decisions. Right. Um, they don't need to make decisions to build products fast. They need to make decisions to make the so the product um, reliable enough and fast enough. And so this includes, of course, um, reviewing sometimes some database design, but especially the design of their infrastructure. Uh, maybe they used to have a single server, for example, and that will be not enough in the future, so they need to basically add uh, the skills to implement uh, an adequate infrastructure. And probably those skills will not be internal or not completely internal. They can very well use some external uh, consultants to do that.
0: Okay. So, so you mentioned you mentioned some of the skills or competencies. That a um, let's say a database administrator needs or or whoever is architecting a database solution or a solution from that perspective, what are some of the competencies that they need? What makes for a a, a great DBA, uh, especially in this this world today where they're open source databases and uh, you have things like Maria DB and Cassandra and MySQL and postgres, postgres SQL and you know, MongoDB, there's just a lot of different variety and flavor today with uh, with databases and the types. So what 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 competencies um, you think make for a great DBA?
1: Well, uh, one is something that we already mentioned, which is automation, um, traditional.
0: Okay, having automation skills.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, traditional DBAs know databases very well, but they often don't know automation. They don't know how to automate tasks with uh, Ansible or Terraform or similar technologies. Uh, Sometimes they can't write a script, which is very important nowadays. So that's an important skill to have. Another thing is query optimization. I've noticed that a lot of DBAs don't really know how to um, optimize queries written by the developers. that's uh, kind of a limit because you cannot always just scale scale out to make your application fast. It's not like uh, your application is low. You add two replicas and it becomes fast.
0: And so what, what do you mean by, and I don't mean to cut you up, but what do you mean by optimizing a query just in case? The Gumbo listeners may not understand that.
1: Of course. Um, it means that the speed of a SQL query run by an application, for example, um, depends on how it is executed. Um, so if a query is written, it will probably need to read a whole table, maybe to extract only a few rows or maybe only one. An optimal query will read an index that is built on purpose to quickly respond to that kind of queries, and it will allow to um, just read um, a, a very small amount of data, so it will be very fast.
0: Okay, so you mean a, a SQL query, like uh, running a select statement, select asterisk from this row or this table, and I get confused when I have to do that in join tables, and you have to know what you're looking looking for.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, of course, um, SQL queries, if we're talking about relational databases. uh, But when we talk about NoSQL, it's not very different. I mean, you still need uh, to make sure that queries, even if they are not SQL queries, even if they are calls to some kind of APIs, uh, they will still need to use the right indexes.
0: Okay. Great, great. And w- what are some of the differences that you see between different open source databases that are out there now? Any any big differences that you want to point out, maybe pros and cons or strengths and weaknesses of certain ones?
1: A big difference is between relational or NoSQL databases, but NoSQL is really a big family. I mean, it's not like Uh, SQL is a category and NoSQL is another category. NoSQL is a big family of categories which includes everything except SQL. But I would say that uh, SQL databases um, are still uh, the most logical choice for the general case. Not for everything, but for the general case. because they, they are meant to be general purpose and uh, they give you a lot of guarantees, for example, guarantees about consistency of the data you're writing, guarantees that um, data changes will survive in case the server crashes. And uh, open source relational databases are uh, MySQL, MariaDB, and PostgreSQL. Well, there are others, but these are the main um, open source relational databases. The uh, biggest difference between them is probably between um, PostgreSQL and the so-called MySQL ecosystem. Uh, MariaDB can be considered part of the MySQL ecosystem, even if I don't completely agree on that. Um, (laughs) I I, I will explain later. So I would say they were built with different approaches. Um, PostgreSQL is a feature-rich database which can probably be used for anything uh, that you can use uh, for uh, Oracle, for example, right? So, um, it has uh, all the um, typical enterprise features that you can find on um, on Oracle and similar databases, like, for example, um, I don't know, SQL domains uh, or other things that are not very commonly used. It has a very advanced SQL optimizer, uh, which means that it knows a lot of quick strategies to execute your queries. This makes it very a very good fit for analytics. Uh, it's probably the best choice uh, for analytics. But it also has some intrinsic weaknesses. Um, for example, um, well, I hope that no one will insult me after uh, this podcast. <laughs> I <hope> but, not. <laughs> uh, but for example, <laughs> um, the way it updates data is not completely scalable. The way it handles uh, user connections is also not completely scalable because it starts a new process. Um, every time a a user connects, whereas uh, other databases tend to start another thread, which is much faster and much lighter. What I wanted to add is um, the MySQL and MariaDB ecosystem is different. They are much less feature-rich. Well, they developed a lot of uh, enterprise features in the recent years, but uh, um, they're not as complete as uh, PostgresQL, but at the same time, they're kind of more practical. For example, you can see this with mm, some obvious examples. Um, one thing I like to uh, remember is... Um, for example, in the early two thousands, when MySQL was still considered a toy, maybe for certain kind of users it was. But at the same time, if you run a very simple query with group by uh, on those versions of MySQL, well, it was actually faster than Postgres. Uh, so <laughs> it was not uh, probably considered uh, enterprise. Great, surely not. But for a practical use case of uh, like running a simple query, well it, it was actually the best choice since the beginning.
0: got it. And if you don't mind, let, let's let's move on and talk about something that is near and dear to my heart and that is you know protection data protection and being able to recover in case there is a database outage, right? So how important is it for companies to back up and protect their databases, especially like NoSQL versus like traditional databases?
1: Yeah, um, I would say, uh, first of all, in general, protecting your data and having a backup of your data is vital, right? Because uh, everything an application does is to accept some data input, process that data, and emit some kind of output. Uh, This is true for any application since the original von Neumann machine until today. Not all data have the same importance. Some data are vital. Think about uh, an e-commerce website. When you say data, uh, some people... Uh, understand, you know, um, statistical data for analytics. Uh, That's not the only type of data. Uh, Data is also every record that is made by an e-commerce system to record that there is a product, the product has a certain price, and you you are paying that price, okay? Uh, Without those kind of data, you're Website will not work at all and your business completely fails. So that's an example of very vital data that you cannot lose. Okay, so um, other types of, of data like analytics, for example, or maybe caches that you can use for your applications can always be rebuilt. Um, I'm not saying it's free. <laughs> Sometimes rebuilding data for analytics can take days and uh, in the meanwhile, maybe analysts cannot work and this is a loss of money for the company. Um, So you should have backups of that kind of data probably, but you can probably uh, try to figure out How much money it's worth spending? How do you do it? Well, it's simple. You, well, no, it's not simple, but the principle is simple. The principle is you try to figure out how money you will lose if you lose that database. Okay. Uh, If you are going to lose one million, well, probably um, it's worth spending, uh, one million for, uh, for backups and for protecting your data. You mentioned cloud databases. That's interesting because a lot of people think okay, if I use some cloud service, uh, my data is always protected. Yeah, right, right. Um, some vendor like Google or Amazon will take backups for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be partly true, but the thing is, um, every technology can fail, uh,
0: including
1: including the technology used by your um, cloud vendor. And uh, also, restoring data is not always uh, magical, right? Uh, You need to have procedures that you need to test. So um, an advice I have for all kind of company is don't save too much money when it comes to backups yeah. uh, build automated procedures to take backups and also to restore backups and also to test backups okay uh, testing is very important i mean uh, a backup may not be working if uh, if it's not tested. Uh, you should have some kind of procedure that maybe is triggered once a week or once a month and it will restore your latest backup in some test server and you uh, you will check that it works. Well, you will not check manually, you will receive some kind of alerts in case the test server has not been uh, created successfully.
0: Yeah, and, and I am also sure that you have probably seen your share of different sizes of databases that um, help that are the hearts of, of different systems like maybe ERP systems or um, sales applications, et cetera, where they have to keep track of a lot of data, a lot of SKUs, a lot of um, you know price quotes and things such such as that. How important do you think a health check of the database is, like recommending that you, you get a health check, but nowadays you can't take systems down, right? These systems have to stay up and running 24 hours a day. What Do rec- you have recommendations around the overall hygiene of a, a database?
1: Um, well, that's an interesting topic, which is Probably connected to monitoring. Uh, of course, you should have proper monitoring of your servers uh, to determine that they are up and running and reliable. Uh, no incident is going to happen soon. Uh, well, of course, you you are never sure about that. But <laughs> and of course also the speed of your servers. But. At the same time, making periodical, more in-depth health checks is also very important because you can find out that maybe you are not following some good practice. Maybe you have some queries that can be optimized. So, yes, it's very important to take uh, periodical health checks. And, of course, if you don't have um, very... Um, in-depth skill, very vertical skills in-house, you can use, again, uh, external consultants who know these kind of things every day and know how to uh, how to help you and how to give you uh, reasonable recommendations to improve okay.
0: your databases. And what, what about security? What What do you think is the best way for someone to make sure that their databases are completely secure?
1: Well, that's a big topic, which is which is only partly related to databases. Uh, when it comes to databases, of course, you can make sure that um, all your users have passwords. Uh, the passwords are strong enough. Um, you don't have obsolete users that are not needed anymore, for example, uh, employees who left the company. That's a ve- that's very da- dangerous, actually, because you never know who, uh, who is going to attack you. But there are also several other things that are more related, for example, the underlying system, to the network. Uh, For example, every database should ideally be in a private network. Mm, If it's not the case, you are running some kind of risk. Um, And uh, there are also cultural topics uh, related to security because, uh, for really? ex- for ex- yeah, um, I believe that one of the most used uh, kind of attacks nowadays is uh, social engineering. For example, okay, maybe you have passwords. Maybe you are running your databases and applications in a private network. But what happens if I call uh, your office and I say that I'm your consultant and I identified a risk and I need a password to access your system and uh, see, your, for example, your servers, your databases. Will the person give me that password? In that case, it doesn't matter how secure is your technology, you are still running big risks.
0: Great. So security is important. And one thing that I heard is that the whoever the database team is, they, they have to be in sync with the security team uh, to make sure that, that they both work together in order to make that, make sure that things like role-based access control and uh, least privileged access and um, identity access management, all of those things are tied in. And you mentioned the network piece, make sure it's on a private network. Um, Have you ever seen or heard of any ransomware attacks specifically targeting database systems? I know I haven't.
1: Um, Yeah, mm, not frequently, honestly, because normally attacks um, target applications. Um, well, but sometimes the application level is uh, almost transparent. That's the case, for example, if uh, they have some vulnerabilities like SQL injections because uh, mm, okay. people will have a way to run SQL queries directly to your databases uh, using your application. and. In the worst cases, they will even see the results of those queries, so, uh, yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah, okay, got it. And, and maybe one final question for you. Uh, at, and I'm sure you have heard the term, the great resignation. There are a lot of, you know, professionals and, you know, everyone, a lot of people are leaving their jobs, they're quitting, and they are starting, you know, new jobs. And some of them are just, you know, sitting out and taking a breather due to COVID because of the pandemic. Uh, has definitely, you know, opened Pandora's box uh, around a lot of different types of issues. Um, what advice would you give to, let's say, maybe a college student who is they're in university right now and, and maybe they're, they've gotten wind of, you know, different types of databases or they want to get into the IT world and maybe start uh, learning databases, learning about databases. What advice would you give to them?
1: Do a lot of practice. Study the theory, of course, but then do a lot of practice because.
0: What are some places that they could practice or go like to, to utilize?
1: Typically, startups. Try to work with startups because they have more interesting things to do. Um, they are typically not huge, so you you are not a number. Uh, what? Uh, What you do in your daily job will have a visible effect on the company. Um, People will listen to you if you say wise things. Uh, So, yeah. And if you allow me, I will also have um, some advice for managers. Make the job interesting for your employees. Um, Listen to them and... uh, Don't make them feel that whatever they say or do, decisions are already taken, because that's a very bad thing. Um, It used to work in the past. Um, The pandemic brought some changes. Now it's very easy to uh, resign and change your job. Uh, You mentioned the big resignation phenomena and, that's not really caused by the pandemic the pandemic made it easier but people already was unsatisfied in their job and they already planned to leave it probably yeah
0: I, i agree and the manager comment does resonate with me and specifically just back to the university or college student do you have maybe a website or a training recommendation or a boot camp or something that they can do while they are still in college to expand and go beyond their, their normal coursework to, to learn about databases?
1: I don't have a specific website to recommend. I guess it depends on the technology they want to learn um, but well they can find Find a lot of resources. Um, If I had to learn something like SQL, I would probably start from Coursera. But I'm sure it's not the only. Yeah, but I'm sure it's not the only option. So, uh,
0: and and maybe watching some YouTube videos. Right there, there's a lot of people out there that that um, put YouTube videos out of different trainings as well, so that may be another way to do it too.
1: Yes, yes, of course. Um, Not all channels are at the same level, but still, there are a lot of
0: interesting things. Got it, got it. Well, um, Federico, it has definitely been a pleasure to have you on to have a different conversation, uh, one about databases and uh, just a little knowledge for the Gumbo listeners about uh, NoSQL databases versus traditional databases. Uh, data hygiene and security around making sure that, that that data is protected and the applications that are feeding these databases are also protected as well so uh, any any um social media handles or anything that you want to provide to the listeners? Maybe they could follow you somewhere on social media you want to provide?
1: Yes, people can, of course, find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And they can also f- uh, follow the company, Vettabase. Uh, they can find uh, Vettabase. Print.
0: And spell, spell Vetabase for us.
1: Uh, yes, it's uh, V E T T A. And then based like in database. In case you're curious, Vetta uh, is an Italian word which means the peak of a mountain.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. So you are strike So
1: they can find uh, vetabase dot uh, or they can also uh, find vetabase page on LinkedIn. Uh, thank you also because it's been very interesting for me too, and very pleasant conversation.
0: Absolutely, I, I appreciate it, and thank you for a great conversation, Federico, and uh, thank you for uh, taking time out to be on Data Protection Gumbo. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.